Today, I want to talk about just kind of pausing to remember God's faithfulness and God's provisions. I think that's very healthy for us to do. I think it's healthy for us to do it uh, not only annually, but almost weekly, almost daily, to just kind of pause and just kind of uh, press in to how good God has really been. Like I said, reality is every person in this room, your years had some ups and downs, and so is mine. Uh, none of us are exempt. There's been joyful moments, and there's been some heartbreaks. Uh, there's so many great things that we can celebrate today. As I look out over the room and even consider my own family, I mean, just seeing the growth in my little dude, Caleb, who started uh, school for the first time. And we had him tested, and he had some dyslexic issues, and we knew that he was going to have to battle. But his first semester being in school, he had all A's and one B, and he was, they were wanting to put him in advanced math and everything, and I'm like, you worked your tail off, and it's phenomenal. My little Hannah's had just an incredible year. Uh, we, when she was first born, we taught her sign language and uh, to help her communicate with us a little bit. And so we kind of dropped it because we don't really know how to do sign language very well, but just seeing her in school, and she is so thriving in school, but she's taken American Sign Language as her foreign language, if you will, because she wants to utilize that gift to be able to communicate the good news of the gospel to other people. I'm like, it's so phenomenal. Jesse, Barb, and I look at him, and it's like, look at how he's flourished. Praise God, he finally passed algebra. No, but it, it's... <laughs> It's been a great semester for him. And, you know, we looked at him, and it's like Cruz is here today. And Jesse led Cruz to Christ earlier this year and baptized him. Uh, the second baseman on his team came to faith in Christ. Uh, the Krauses, who are part of our fellowship now, Jesse had such a strong influence on their life on the high school baseball team at Archer. And Trevor, I'll look at that little dude's life, and I'm like, man, he's flourishing in so many areas. It's unreal. I mean, Benji was able to play a full, uh, his first season of pro ball this year with the Kansas City Royals. And I'm like, man, it was so cool to go see my son play and to compete. And then he got back home and he fell in love. And he and Gracie are now uh, engaged, looking forward to getting married next August. But I'm like, I look at you, son. You preached your first sermon here uh, back in October. And I'm like, what a man you're becoming. And then Rachel moved back from Dallas. And you know, just to have her back home and the spiritual brokenness and the surrender and the, just the authentic conversations, Trevor and Brittany, when they came in the other day to have dinner, they're like, something is so different with you, Rachel. And it's the peace of Christ. And God's done such a work. And I sit there and I'm like, there's so much to be thankful for. And I want you, as we have this conversation today, what has God done this past year in your life? What has God taught you? What have been some of those blessings, some of those breakthroughs, some of those provisions. Now in Joshua chapter 3 and Joshua 4, it's an incredible story, but God performs an amazing miracle for his people. It's an amazing miracle. He caused the Jordan River to stop flowing so that his people, the people of Israel, could cross over through dry land and get to the promised land. And it's an incredible miracle he provides. But as soon as they pass through, he told them, he said, I want each of you guys, there's 12 tribes, I want each of you to go out and take a stone. 
And I want you to take this stone and I want you to set it aside as a stone of remembrance to remind you of what God has done. Uh, we did this on our mission trips. When I was with the former ministry, every uh, trip we went on, the last day we were on a trip, we would get together as a group. And whether it was a seven-day trip or 10 or 14-day trip, we would get together. And we would take a pad and a pen, and we would sit there and share stones of remembrance that we had on that trip. Some cool things that God had done because we wanted to remember God's faithfulness. Joshua chapter 4, then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were able to cross it, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up and we were able to cross over. He did this so, don't miss this. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful. He did this so that all the nations of the earth would know the powerful hand of the Lord, and he did this so that you might fear the Lord your God forever. And so when you start to pause and remember and you capture those moments, you can pass them on to that next generation. I'm going to give you five simple practical thoughts as you think about closing out this year, the first thought I would share with you would be this, reflect and ponder. Spend time in reflection, spend time in pondering. Psalm 77, 12, I will ponder all your work and I will meditate on your mighty deeds. I will stop and meditate, I will ponder, I will reflect, I will remember. And we're gonna have a time of like huge celebration at the end. But I would ask you, what are some of those God moments of 2017 in your journey? What are some of those stones, those defining moments in your life this past year? And you look back going, here's where God met me. Here's what God did in my life. For some, they will remember today, December 31st, that is a stone that I drove the stake in the ground and made a public declaration as I was baptized saying, I'm surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe for some of you, he answered a prayer. He fulfilled a promise. He came through in a supernatural way, and you're like, but God. But God. There's no explanation, but God. For some, it's been salvation, baptism. Maybe it was the healing of a, a, a sickness that you were going through. Maybe a relationship got mended. Maybe God has shown up and blessed you financially like never before. Maybe a marriage has been restored, and you're growing like never before. How did God provide for you? For some of our people that come in here, they are sober for the first year in their life. For some, they've been clean now for six months. They're going through the recovery class. And people come up and share with me, you don't understand. The pill addiction, the, the drug addiction, the, the alcohol bondage uh, that I was involved in. God has set me free. This has been an incredible year for me. How has God worked in your life? Nick? He's going to share. Rick, he's going to share. And then Dustin, they're going to share just a, a few stones of remembrance, if you will, as we continue to build into this morning. Um, you glad I just coughed on the mic? They are. They got to use it in a second. Um, that's why I went first. Um, 
this has been an awesome year. Uh, 2017 was very um, just cool for a lot for lots of reasons. But if I would pick the thing that I, I'm taking from this year, what God has really taught uh, me and Lisa collectively, but really um, our family, is an increased value for uh, Christian community. Like when we got here about five years ago, we we had the band, and the band kind of functions like a small group. We pray together and do a lot together, but we kind of backed off on purpose on starting a small group or leading one, which we had done in the past because there were just several nights during the week where we had obligations like softball and all these other things. And this year we said, you know what, we're going to do it. And so we, we started a small group, um, and it's been incredible, just the the feeling of community and doing things together and loving each other. And then we um, jumped in on uh, Dallas and Sandy's class. And so we all of a sudden had these like two additional small groups. And instead of being stressful, it was just awesome. You felt like you had all of these people around you who were praying for you and wanting the best for you and that you got to do the same. So um, this year for us, um, I feel like the sense of community is what the Lord has really shown us to, to a deeper level. And what I'd say to you guys is, um, it's easy to come in and like leave, come in and enjoy and say hi and maybe pass out a hug, but you're missing out on so much. There's so many people here who would love to stand beside you in life and that want you to stand beside them. And so don't do this alone and let God teach you that lesson and 2018. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name's Rick, and uh, give or take a few days, it's been almost exactly a year since Kara and uh, Ricky and I moved up here to the Cross Loganville. And so uh, I'm going to kind of reflect on that just a little bit the last year. Uh, I've told the students this a few times. You may have heard me say this that there's two times in my life where the Lord has been so powerful in provision and so blessing over the top to such a, this absurd level. Uh, that the idea of him being strong and kind went from an idea to a true experience that's like in my body now, right? That, that's her, turned into belief. And the first time is me marrying Kara. Um, you know, when people marry up like I do, people assume I'm a, I'm a secret billionaire or something. And that's not the case. It's that Jesus loves me a lot. That's what it is. And uh, I think... And then secondly, uh, the Cross Loganville. Uh, I've told Tim this, I've told everybody, uh, I think what we have here is so special and so precious that each of us really have a duty and obligation to protect the culture we have, to invest in the growth culture we have. Um, it's rare. And so um, I'll give you some background on that. Uh, I I'm in church ministry because I agree with uh, the writer Dallas Willard that the most important issue facing the world today with all of its heartbreaking needs. We're aware of the injustices and the starvation and the terrible things that are happening. Uh, but with all the heartbreaking needs, the most important thing on the planet is for Christians who confess Christ to become his students, learning to become who he would be in our position, right? And it is not at all guaranteed that churches do that. Very, very frequently, there's plenty of churches who are simply doing something other than that. It's not bad stuff. It's just not this absolutely most important thing. And so I first caught glimpses of the cross uh, years before I met Tim or anybody here, uh, talking to my best man, Danny Joyner, um, from college. Uh, he was leading a small group here, and he talked about little little stories of people increasing in compassion for their neighbor and increasing in their love for God just a little bit at a time. Mustard seed stuff, right? This is how Jesus said it would happen. And uh, at the time, I remember being at Southeastern University. 
uh, where I'm learning about philosophers and all this kind of stuff, right? And I'm telling him, this is, that's the kingdom of God expanding. That's the most important thing, right? Churches usually measure attendance, budgets, uh, or buildings in cash. These are the easy things to measure. Uh, but here, we measure growth, right? And so I would say one of the highlights for me is the growth culture that's happening. And I think that uh, the way this was most profoundly obvious to me was when a few months ago, Dallas and Sandy were sharing their testimony. And Dallas said, I want to thank Tim and the staff and the culture here who's led this place to be the kind of place where we can share our story. Because in a lot of places, we wouldn't want to share our story. But this is the kind of place where we're focused enough on growth to where we don't care where you're at. We just all want to get better. And so I'm really thankful for the growth culture we've got going on here. The stone of remembrance for me uh, this year is the way that God has worked in moving uh, my family to the cross. Uh, just the opportunity where I had the, the place where I, I grew up at church. Uh, at church for some time, I was in about second grade until uh, I was on staff for 17 years. And God just literally taking my fingers and prying them open and just saying, are you willing to follow me? And I remember uh, a little bit over a year ago saying, God, if you're going to remove me from this place, you literally have to pry my fingers open because I'm not willing to go. And that's what he did. He was working in my heart and working in my life to open my hand because it's hard for God to drop something in your hand when you have a closed fist. And I was hanging on so tightly to the comfort of the position, to the things that I had, you know, worked up to and, and to the, the things, the team that I was leading, the, the different pieces of that, holding on to those things and not being stretched anymore. And then allowing God to just pull those fingers back. Because listen, hey, it, it hurts when he has to pry those fingers open. I know because he did. And then I got to a point where, you know, I was holding things with an open hand. And Tim called in May and said, hey, you know, it, it wasn't odd for Tim to call me, you know. And uh, we had been friends for a long time. And, and he called, you know, on, on a Tuesday morning. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, man, I'm pumping gas at Kroger. What are you doing? And he's like, hey, I got a question. I was like, yeah, all right, what up? You know, that's, he normally would call with a church question or whatever and just ask my opinion on things. And he just said, man, I want you to pray about coming over here and being my executive pastor. I was like, what? I'm like, dude, you he was like, you're coming to my house 10 o'clock on Friday. I'll see you then. I'm like, what? <laughs> but from then on, just staying right in step with God, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know, trust the Lord with all of your ways and, and, and he will direct your paths. He will... He will guide your steps, and that was what we went through. Um, staying right in step with him, not a step ahead and not a step behind, staying right in step with him, and that's been the stone of remembrance of him moving myself and my family to this place, and we started here in, in October, and it's been just an incredible, incredible journey just to see. What I'm most excited about is what God is getting ready to do here at the cross. That's what I'm most excited about. Just like Nick shared, small groups, incredible. You want to grow like Rick shared? Man, this is a place to grow. It's not about butts and budgets. It's about seeing your life transformed and changed the way you saw these five people come up this morning and say, hey, this is life-changing faith, to be able to see God do something, how he uses your story to impact other people for him. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dustin. So as you close out this year and even today, please set aside some time to reflect and ponder. What has God done? Second point would be this. Give thanks. 
The scripture tells us that all things give thanks, for this is the will of God. Psalm chapter 9, verse 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. One of, one of the healthiest things that we can do, and this is straight life coaching for you right here, but one of the healthiest things that we can do is to itemize and be specific in those areas that we want to give thanks to God. Much like our prayers. When we pray, we want to itemize them and be specific. It's not just some general vague prayer. It's being specific. God, I want to thank you. And as I mentioned, even my five kids, for Barb and I, I mean, we look there and it's like, God, thank you for what you did there. Thank you for the strength and health of Barb. Even Chris and that note that he sent today, thank you for pointing me to Jesus. And then he said, Miss Cash, thank you for always saying good morning to me and welcoming me here. It's part of the note. And I was like, your ability to love people. I sat there and I go, man, I give thanks to God that she genuinely loves people. What are you thankful for? What has God done? Here would be a third one. Share your story. Tell somebody. Don't hold it in. Joshua 4, back to the text, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? And he says, basically, tell them your story. Tell them what I've done. Tell them about my faithfulness. Tell them how I've worked in your life. Tell them how I, I split the sea. Tell them. And there's opportunity for you every day to tell your story. Your story matters. And as Dustin said, the next person's conversion and salvation may be hinging on your, your obedience and faithfulness of sharing your story. God is wanting to use you to encourage others. How has God worked? What has God done? What is God doing today? The fresh manna of God, what is he teaching you? Share your story. Here's a fourth thing. Keep a journal. Write it down. A thought that cannot be placed immediately will be lost eventually. Write it down. I love journaling. And I love like writing out my sermons and writing out prayer. If you pull out my iPad, it's got tons of stuff on it. But like all of my sermon notes, I make them available for you. But there's personal things that I write. There's things at times that I write, as my friend Jamie and I were talking this week, it's not supposed to be shared with anybody else. It's just stuff God is kind of rearranging in me and he's like, pin this right here. Write out your prayer request. And then it might be a week or a month later that God answers that and you go back in and record that. And when God throws you that bone, that stone of remembrance, you're going to go through a tough time. You're going to go through a dry time. You're going to go through a time where you feel like you're on, an, you're on an island. But if you can pick up that journal and go back and read two months before, four months before, and you start to read God's faithfulness, it gives you hope to stay with it. You've got to journal, record what God is doing. When you study the word and God shows you something that jumps off the page, write it down. Write it down. And it will stay with you. And I would encourage you, as you start a new year, here in about 12 hours, get that journal. Go buy you just a simple notebook and start to record what God is doing. Write down your prayers. And here would be a last one. Celebrate. Celebrate the goodness of God. Communion, baptism are great ways to celebrate. Celebrating with family is, is so important. One of the things that we do as a family that's important to us 
is that birthdays, we all get together and we sit around in a circle and every person will bless whoever's birthday it is. And we like to speak words of blessing and words of encouragement because it's a way we celebrate. How do you celebrate? I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on tonight. There'll be a lot of stinking Margaritaville going on tonight. You know as well as I do. Sam Adams is going to have a lot of visitation tonight. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on tonight. How do you celebrate? I would highly encourage you to redeem the time. Redeem this day. Redeem the opportunity to sit around with family and friends tonight and to say, what was a highlight for you in 2017? Where did you see the faithfulness and the provision of God in your life? How did God walk with you even in the midst of a storm you were going through? It's so important to do that. Now, let me close you with this thought. Let me close you with this thought. Again, this entire text here was all about grab those stones. I've just done the miraculous. Now, I want you, I want you to set aside these stones as a reminder of my faithfulness, but I want you to set them aside where you can tell future generations how good your God is. First Peter chapter 2, First Peter 2, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. Now you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. We've got about 500 stones, little rocks up here, stones. And here's what I want to encourage you with today. We're going to move into a time of about 15, 20 minutes of just prayer and communion. And our staff and elders and others will be here, would love to pray with you if you want intercession today. But I would highly encourage each and every person in this room, as we move into this, step out, come up and grab you a stone. I've got one in my pocket, and this stone is twofold for me. One, it's remembering the faithfulness of God this year. I can pull this stone out and go, yes, look at what God did in Caleb's life. Hannah, Jesse, look at what he did in Benji. Look at what he did in Rachel. But I can look and go, look at what God did in your life this year. Look at how God grew you in areas. Look at how God provided for you. So I want to keep this in my pocket all year as a reminder of the faithfulness of God this year. But I also want to keep it in my pocket to remind me that as I enter into 2018, that I am God's living stone. I am God's memorial to the world. He calls me a holy priest, and that's what he calls you if you're a believer. So, Blake, as you drive Uber, you're a living stone, a memorial set aside for God's declaration for people to see the faithfulness of God. Richard, you're God's living stone. And I want you to grab that and put it in your pocket. And during your prayer time, this will remind you, I want to pray. But I want to walk into that assignment. And I want to walk into that identity. And I want to walk in to what God is calling me to do this year. I'm a holy priest. Some of you, that would be an incredible awakening of your own personal identity. If you looked in the mirror and grabbed that and said, I am called by God as a holy priest 
sanctified, set-apart priest. One who can go before God and make intercession for these lost family members and friends. I am a priest of God. I'm a royal priest in Jesus' name. 